Support for this podcast is provided by Getaway. Getaway offers escapes to tiny cabins nestled in nature just two hours from Portland near Mount Adams. It's an experience that helps you slow down, disconnect from work and technology, and reconnect with yourself and others. Every cabin is dog-friendly and provides everything you need and nothing you don't. Take $20 off your first escape when you book with code EXECUTIVE at www.getaway.house. Support is also provided by Beat Check, a new podcast by The Oregonian. Join host Andrew Thien every week as he explores Oregon's biggest stories with the reporters that know them best. Subscribe to Beat Check wherever you get podcasts to hear the latest episodes. Hey everyone, you're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bruden. On today's episode is Jennifer Johnson, the founder of Trestle. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for hosting us in uh, Pi Space here in Puppet. Yep. Gave me a little tour. Mm-hmm. Very cool. We'll get into more about Pi. Um, so I was talking to you, I first learned about you. I saw your presentation on you know the Pi demo days. Right. I saw it online and then a mutual connection of ours, Jeff Gauss mm-hmm. mentioned you. So I was like, I just thank I you, need, Jeff. Yeah, I, just, like, I need to reach out because I'm so I'll ask you about the company, but it's such a great idea and super valuable, not just for like, you know, the generation coming up that's uh interested in lining their values with buying stuff, but with yep. everybody now, right? Mm-hmm. So let's uh just start. Can you tell a little bit about your your background and your career story leading up to founding? Trust yeah. Me. Uh yeah, absolutely. Um And if it's okay with you, I'm going to start a little bit before the career side, just because that's a little that's applicable for why we started what we did. Um, So as we were talking about right before we started this, I grew up in Indiana Um, and, you know, in the middle of the country where I grew up, there's a different set of value systems, you know, Mm -hmm. high focus on family and religion. Um, It's just a different value set. So when I moved to Portland, I found myself in this completely new culture with a completely different set of values where earth mattered and animals mattered and people mattered in a different way. And I didn't know how to navigate that. So that's more the personal side, but on the career side, my background is in public health. I have a master's in public health from the university of Auckland in New Zealand, which yeah, we'll have to, it's (laughs) one of my more favorite things to talk about. Um, and my career started primarily in project management in both nonprofit and government agencies in uh, in public health as well as workforce workforce development. Okay. And in both of those spaces, I could see how these sectors of this of society are both highly desperate for more for profit involvement in solving social issues, and they would uh, we we would at the time attempt to create these um, organizations and invite uh, business to be a part of it, part of the conversation. We invited them to the table. But what I saw was that there was really a lack of meaningful incentive. Mm. Um, an invitation can only go so far when a business has to run, make profit, make decisions every day on what they're cutting as far as how to run efficiently. Right. So uh, I, I basically set out from that experience to go build the incentive system that meaningfully invites business for profit to the table to solve social issues. And you were you know, working full time while yep. you were doing this. And yeah. It sounds like you didn't necessarily have a tech technical background. That's correct. So um, well, let's get into kind of the founding. So did you, you have a few co Founders, a couple, right? Yes. So, how did you kind of match up with them, and then you know present this idea and yeah. get going? So, the 
the original conversation was between my now fiance and co-founder okay. on a hike in uh, to Ramona Falls. And cool. we were just talking about what we think the world's going to look like when 100% of for-profit businesses meaningfully participate, what has to be in place, what systems. And so it was really born out of this hike, cool. <laughs> you know, in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. where I find all of our inspiration kind of sets you know, kind of takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just started working on it together. And then we participated in January 2018 with the uh, Thai boot camp. Okay. Um, Thai XL boot camp. We are one of the participants of that. And in that program, we met another entrepreneur um, who's incredibly talented on the technology side, okay. was at the time working at Intel, now works for Microsoft. Okay. Um, master's in uh, computer science. And he was just, he already has an entrepreneurial mindset. And since meeting him, we've just, we've met pretty much weekly Okay. since then, the last two years. Does that person live here too? Yep. Okay. Also in Portland. Okay. And we just got to this point where we realized that this is something we all need to be working on mm-hmm. together. Our talents combined can make something really incredible happen out of this idea. Yeah. And as the market's changing, we're seeing an incredible need for this to exist and the role that all three of us play in making this this come to life. And so let's get into what the product is. Yeah, it's absolutely. A, so you can, I'll let you go. Uh, yes. It. Yeah. So at Trestle, we specialize in transparency, specifically transparency between companies and consumers around things like a company's environmental impact or their labor practices or the way that they treat animals. These components of how a business runs that speaks to where and how a product is made and by whom and what. And it's questions like this that the consumer is starting to really ask and not get a clear answer on because this information has been traditionally kept behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. So we create technologies that interact with consumers at the point that they need this information, which is when they're shopping online, about to make a purchase decision, Mm -hmm. and we provide that information. And where it's not the best fit for what they want to um, support with their dollars, we provide an alternative option. Interesting. I didn't yes. know about the alternative. It's part. new. We okay. just launched okay. that at the beginning of December. Cool. Yeah. So, to, so walk me through if, let's say, I'm on an e-com site. It's an, it's a browser extension. I have Chrome. Yes. I have it. You know, it's I upload it in, put it in. I'm gonna about to add it to my cart. Yep. Right. So how does that work? How does okay. So let's say, for example, you're looking for a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. You can either go to Amazon, you can do a Google search, you'll likely go to Amazon, or Mm -hmm. you'll go directly to the website of the company you have your most loyalty here in Portland. Mm -hmm. Both. More of a Nike (laughs) person. Didn't want to call you out. (laughs) Um, And basically what we'll do is, say you do go to Nike's website, Mm -hmm. we'll pop up information at the point that you get there about Nike's practices. So you get initially an idea about what you're about to purchase if you do purchase and what values you'll be supporting. Mm -hmm. However, if you land on a product page and we found a similar pair of shoes from another company mm-hmm. that better matches the values you've told us you want to support, mm-hmm. which is part of the onboarding process. Okay. Um, we'll just pop that up and say, here's a similar product at a similar price point mm-hmm. from a company who better matches your values. Yeah. You can choose it or you don't have to. Yeah. Um, and the pop-up's important simply because, you know, I said at the beginning, I come from the middle of the country right. where it's a different value set. I'm not necessarily hardwired to always think about hmm. 
where what's going on behind the products that I'm buying. Mm-hmm. So we have a strong focus on making it as convenient okay. for the consumer as okay. possible. Okay. Uh, we want to create tools that are meaningful for people who <clears throat> aren't leading the movement as yeah. the consumers. And so the pop-up is the way that we can both remind consumers that this is important to you mm-hmm. and also right when you need it, here's the alternative. So when did you la- f- first launch? We first launched this this tool that you're talking about yeah. right now. It's yeah. the My Trussell button, the browser extension. Yeah. We launched that on July 29th. Okay. So a few months ago. Oh my gosh, not that long ago. We're, we're, thought, it's yeah. still very new. <laughs> okay. Um, and then we launched that additional feature yeah. of providing the recommendation. Yeah the beginning of December. So did you leave your kind of job right before or kind of doing both or tell me about that leap? Like just personally, it's something I I love to kind of chat about because it's a, it's a big deal. It's really worth talking about, um, especially in the startup community because it's, it's a big decision to leave a full-time well-paying benefits type of job. The thing is I, you know, growing up, nobody told me I could f- solve a problem. Nobody gave me that permission. And I, it was just totally not part of my worldview. And I did all the right things. I went to college, even though I didn't think I was going to. I went mm. to master's st- school, even or graduate school, mm-hmm. even though I didn't think I was going to. Mm. I got the job. I attempted to climb the ladder. Mm-hmm. And then I met my partner. And he's been an entrepreneur since the beginning. He's mm. He's never gone that traditional okay. route. And it was seeing him solve problems by himself and going out and figuring out that I was immediately drawn to. Hmm. So the second I, that was opened, that opened my eyes to that as a possibility. Yeah. I could no. I no longer felt comfortable working for an organization. Yeah. Um, especially where I just didn't have the kind of control to solve the the problems that I was passionate about. Hmm in the way, in a way that I thought was really meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's nothing against my previous employment. They Mm -hmm. do really wonderful work. Uh, but I could just see this thing that was missing and I really saw that I was the right person to go solve this. Well, once you got that itch too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, there's no way (laughs) I could have stayed in an office environment. So what you can share, I mean, are you bootstrapping? Have you raised any money? Tell me about, yeah, I'm happy to share. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we are hundred percent bootstrapped to date. We've been doing this for two years, two of us full time on it, Uh figuring out how to be gigapreneurs and scrappy as Mm -hmm. hell. Can Mm -hmm. I say that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, to make it work Mm -hmm. and make it so that we can somewhat pay bills (laughs) while we do this thing. Mm -hmm. However, we are getting ready to raise. We've reached a point where for the business, it makes sense Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we know exactly what we would put funds into Mm -hmm. to make this thing grow. So we're getting ready to open a round. And I don't know what the legality is of me, like even speaking to that. I don't either, but but go for it. I mean, (laughs) I guess in general terms, you can talk about as you're getting ready for that, you know, you've been in pie, you Mm -hmm. got to know some of the investment community. Right. Um, I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. One is, I don't know if you listen to Jason Calcanis's podcast. Uh, he's an angel investor, but no, but I will now you should, uh, he, 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 um, he's, you know, he got big hits and like Uber and stuff. So anyways, but he's talked about like kind of extensions being something that's very interesting to the investment community. Have you, kind of heard that or what's, and I don't know why I just, he said it. I'm like, Oh, okay. So, so there's a couple of things that I've heard in the podcast that I've listened to around this and just some things that I've learned being in the space. Uh One is that, um, and I, 
I'm sorry. I'm going to have to get back to you on who, who was saying this, yeah. but a, an angel investor or a, maybe a VC investor that I was listening to was saying that uh, WordPress apps and extensions are going to be one of the things that will be sought after as far as buying up and creating marketplaces around yep. these things mm-hmm. simply because of, and in this case of the extension, the incredible reach that we have. So for you as a consumer, you can be on Nike's website or you can be on Amazon and mm-hmm. we can provide the same information about Nike, whether you're mm-hmm. buying them from a marketplace or directly from their website. There's incredible power in that. Yeah. And so, and the other thing that's mm-hmm. worth noting is that Honey, are you familiar with this? No. Honey is a browser extension that will um, automate coupon codes. So okay. if you're on a product page, it goes and does an automatic look for coupon codes okay. for that product oh, to cool. save you some money. Yeah, Awesome, right? Mm-hmm. They just a couple months ago got bought pay- by PayPal for $4 billion. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and what's interesting about them is that a lot of investors passed on them because they didn't understand the value in the reach and in the value of the data. Well, that's, uh, not to be a cynical person here, but it's it's a data, I would assume, as you're scaling, the brands are going to be like, oh, you have this really interesting data about yes. our, these consumers. How are you approaching that business model where, obviously, you have to be very careful with folks' oh, yeah. datas. And um, can you talk about your business model or Absolutely. how you think it's going to evolve? Or Yeah, and this is... Um you know, we're right at the beginning of implementing the business model. So right. I'm sure we'll learn as yeah. we grow. But yeah. the data is extremely sensitive yeah. as far as what we collect and how we use it. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, and this is how all technology companies should be, we should be this forthcoming. It's super easy to set something up where you're essentially spying on people mm-hmm. and that you can collect information that they wouldn't want. Mm-hmm. So we have to be very intentional about how we do that and mm-hmm. what we set up. Yeah. So we completely de-identify everything. Okay. Um, and we only capture if you're, if you land on a product page or a company's website and ha- that engages with our backend. I see. Yeah. And so that's the part that we collect. So what we're able to do with that now is work with brands to help them understand what consumers really do want how they're willing to spend their dollar when they have the options. Um, and we can be able to, we can show a company, Hey, you know, consume this, a consumer landed on your competitor's website. We right. popped up your information and they, that's an impression right there. Mm-hmm. And they clicked the buy button. So that's a possible, yeah. um, conversion. Right. So there's the reason that this is important and powerful is because it helps businesses make decisions around what their consumers actually want in this really not well understood space mm-hmm. of fa- of values decision making. Yeah, I mean, do you are you finding uh, a subset of before we start recording, we talk about kind of different generations. Um, are you targeting like your go to market certain folks, or does it matter at this point? We right now, you know, we're not doing a lot of marketing, mm-hmm. um, but there's a couple of lessons we've learned here. Mm-hmm. Generally, who's drawn to this message are millennials or Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And but that's not it's not just exclusive to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Our user base is about 50 percent male and 50 percent female. Interesting. Uh, And what we did, what we learned when we did a little bit of testing around social media ads is that 
the middle of the country is being ignored with this message. So when we mm. specifically put um, messages around sustainability or environmental protection in the middle of the country, people mm -hmm. respond. Mm -hmm. um, and especially if we use people of color mm -hmm. or people who are underrepresented in this conversation, mm -hmm. they're the ones that are actually responding to this message and they're being neglected in the process. Nobody it, knows to target them yet. Yeah. And as part of your kind of dashboard report, is equity one of the, I so, guess, um, I don't know what to call it as far as tenets of the report or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm getting your question incorrectly, yeah. um, is are you referring to on the business side or on the consumer side? Um, that's a good question. Probably more on the business. I'm just thinking mm -hmm. of like some high profile, like Nike mm -hmm. and stuff recently, you know, so yeah, I guess more on the B2B side, but yeah. maybe you're right. It's a consumer product. So I'm just curious about that. Yeah. So the, what we capture as far as on the business's side is one of the um, over overarching values that we look at is social impact. Mm -hmm. That includes both donations and giving of product or time mm -hmm. uh, to solve social issues, but okay. it also incorporates, you know, if it's a minority or woman founded company, right. like the degree to which they practice diversity through policy or implementation okay. reporting on. Yeah. Um, so we do capture that data okay. and we plan to do a lot more with it Great. and make more accept, make it more yeah. accessible to consumers in the future. So a couple other questions. Uh, well, I have more questions than two, but as you go, you're launching this. Have you had a chance to meet with brands? You know, like, you know, a lot of these brands have chief sustainability officers to kind of get feedback and yeah. you know, what's, have, have you done that or how, how, how open have they been? If yeah, you have. Absolutely. So, um, we actually just brought on some of our first brand partners okay. uh, when we launched the new feature awesome. over the holiday season. Awesome. Um, and yeah, I've, I've definitely, one of the first things we did was talk to brands, mm -hmm. make sure that what, you know, what their problem is, mm -hmm. which we understood to be a disconnect and not being able to be found by the right customer who's mm -hmm. looking to find you. Um, I have a story about, I, I'll get back to that. Let me answer your question. Um, they've been fairly receptive, fairly oh. receptive to some kind of solution. Right. We're still really chipping away at what that needs exactly to look like. Okay. Yeah. But there is definitely a disconnect between I'm a brand and what, it, what we hear a lot is I'm doing this because I know it's the right thing. Uh -huh. I don't know if it necessarily affects the bottom line or if how to message it necessarily. I don't know if we're supposed to brag about ourselves. And unfortunately they use that language. <laughs> I would say don't use that language. Yeah. Consumers <laughs> need to know it. Right. Um, but a lot of, there's still kind of this uncomfortableness around okay. speaking to this side of it. Okay. So what they see the opportunity with us is that someone else gets to tell that story for them. Mm. And it's, it's a little safer mm. when someone else represents this side of their business mm. or it feels safer. Yeah. And you're probably like me. I mean, you see it as, I mean, this is just going to be the cost of doing business going forward. This right. is how consumers are going to purchase things, per yep. period. You right? guys heard him say it. Right? I mean, <laughs> yes. I think that's just kind of, from my perspective, uh, that's just the way it's going to be. So, uh, you know, it makes sense for brands to get on it early and get that data. Yeah. Um, so what's uh, what's kind of next for your roadmap? I know you just launched this new product yep. and you're going to uh, look to raise probably a seed round, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like that's going to be a huge distraction being in Portland? Oh gosh, the the raising part. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, and you know, I'm honestly terrified of it simply okay. because, and I had this realization this weekend. I've not actually ever seen it successfully done. Hmm. Um, and so what I'm going to go out and try to do is surround myself with people who are yeah. very successful at right. it. Uh, but yes, I think 
I don't think you'll talk to an entrepreneur or a founder who has been, who has said that the fundraising part is good for what, <laughs> for moving their business forward while they're fundraising. It's mm-hmm. a huge distraction, but mm-hmm. it's an essential part of bringing more brains into solving this, mm-hmm. not just capital, but also genuine investment into seeing us succeed. So, you know, that's, and fortunately for me, we've built a team that is highly capable. Yeah. So I'm, a, I can, I'm in a position where I can step back from some of the other duties okay. and they'll step up. Okay. So we're really fortunate in that. I don't know that yeah. all founders would say they feel that way. And you, you know, now you're bootstrapping. How do you feel about raising? Because obviously there's like the zebra movement. There's even something called, I don't know if you heard of the Pegasus, where they kind of oh. jump rounds, like get a seed round and they'll skip the series a cause they want to just hunker down and uh, be really resourceful. So how do you feel about taking on money after bootstrapping? I mean, it's necessary to grow the business, right. but do you feel a little bit, ah, I'm giving up, you, you know, part of your equity, your tap uh, cap table or. I probably should think that way or feel mm-hmm. that way a little more, but I don't, I think that honestly, the way I think about it is that to some degree, this is a solution that belongs to the people. Mm-hmm. And so if, yeah, I, you know, I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. And, but I think to do right by it is to bring more people involved. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel so, so, um, connected to the equity that I need to maintain all yeah. of it necessarily. Okay. I'm happy to use it as a tool yeah. to bring more people involved, more capital and move this thing forward in a way that makes it so that it can be a sustainable business. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. I'm just scared of it. Yeah. yeah just <laughs> it's just a vulnerable a, place. Sure. Yeah. But, um, well, uh, I would love to hear about, you know, you being at Pi, you surrounded yourself, you have about around 15 companies here. I would think it's a very supportive environment to oh, yeah. do your business, you know, do your business, meet these other entrepreneurs. Tell me a little bit about just being here, being a part of Pi and how that is. Man, Pi has been huge for us to feel like, to, for us to, to get here. Yeah. Um, we, we joined Pi <laughs> a year and a half ago. Okay. Uh, as, as Rick was re kind of restarting it again. And so we came at this time where it was being redefined as to what it really is right. and what function it's going to play. Um, and really what I learned was that we as founders really need to take a very serious role in, getting what we need mm-hmm. from the community. But what, he, but what, what Pi does really well is especially Rick. And I know you're planning to talk to him eventually sometime. Eventually, but I, you know, someone I, with, like Rick, I feel like he's pulled in so many different directions. Like yeah. I'm like, eh, maybe I'll reach out to him eventually. Right? Yeah. I <laughs> so. heard Ryan say that as yeah, well. Yeah, Ryan Henderson. Yeah. Um, but what they're really good at is seeing the, the areas of your business that either you lack skill or understanding or you need support around and they go find the person that can help lead that area, not lead, mm-hmm. not come do it for you, mm-hmm. but give you what you need in order to move it forward. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, and so yeah. we're still doing the work, Yeah. but we don't have to wonder, oh, I wonder if anybody else has ever done this thing I'm about to tackle. Right. Yeah, they know he knows the people Uh who have done this before and he can he's just made incredible connections Mm -hmm. that are willing to give back and Mm -hmm. help. Mm -hmm. Uh, Portland in general is very supportive and willing to give back and wants to support the startups. Yeah. I mean, that's priceless. Rick is just the organization of it. He's like the hub. (laughs) Yes. Right. (laughs) Yeah. One of them at least, but definitely the one. And have you had a chance to kind of go on beyond Portland, go to different maybe like. Found it, gone down to the bay and trying to 
meet some folks down there. Or, Man, if you, you have any connections, uh, I'll I, take you know, them. I, I'm sure we know a lot of the, <laughs> the same folks that are really good. I don't, do you know uh, Genevieve LaMichelle? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's someone who obviously used, who she was telling me the story when she was on. She's like, I didn't know anybody. I just went down there and was said to start booking meetings, just reaching out. Nice. And was, yeah. That is amazing. Totally. So uh, I don't know if you're going to do that or yeah, <laughs> she has some tips I'd maybe. i something very similar to that. <laughs> So yeah, just start it, showing up. That's what she did. And <laughs> yep. it worked out. Um, yeah. Have you had a chance to kind of just travel around? You've been so heads down, probably getting this off the ground. And yeah, we've been pretty heads down. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to, to set up some meetings. It seems like everybody who has access to capital wants to meet the first week of February. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Give me January. Everybody's to, like on the similar schedule, yeah, which yeah, works totally. really well. Yeah, totally. That work, you know, that's completely in line with our, yeah. our schedule as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think my strategy and, is just to kind of start with Portland. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We actually have people reaching out to us from other areas. Okay. So I, I don't know. Interesting. The, yeah. Huh. We've had a couple of people reach out um, and show interest in investing yeah. uh, from San Francisco. Okay. Which is cool. Yeah. 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 I don't know if that's normal, but I'm going to go with it. Well, we'll have to kind of, you know circle back maybe after that process is done. Yeah, I'd love to I'll let you have know. you back I'm, on. But. I'm always a little skeptical. But what's <laughs> <laughs> um, your baby, right? So uh, healthy amount of skepticism. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk. Let's get into Portland a little bit. I mean, we've talked about pie, but I mean, you. How long have you lived here now? For eight years. Eight years. Okay. You're a Portlander. Mm-hmm. I thought it was only going to be two <laughs> okay. at most. We got you. We got you. Yep, as Portland totally does. Did. How has it been just living here, you know, starting this company? Uh, we're a very mid-market city. Mm-hmm. We're growing. Like, what's your thoughts on just as we grow and, you know, staying here and be able to scale your, your, scale your business? Well, you know, I think that the attempts to add to my team have been successful. Good. Uh, and so I'm optimistic about that, that there's talent here. Yeah. And, you know, I've only brought on a total of eight people, so including myself. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not large. But what I'm the, – the, the piece that I have a pulse on, probably maybe more than others, is um, the value side of employment right. yeah. see, of job seekers. Um, I, I love a, this topic, by the way. Oh, I'm you like do. deep into like employer branding yeah. and that whole world. I, I love this. So, anyways, oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tend to get the emails of, Hey, I'm moving to Portland. Can you, do you know any companies that are really values driven and practice transparency? I, if you have any connections, I'd love mm. an introduction. Mm-hmm. And so that's more where I'm seeing it is that the employees, what, first of all, they know that Portland tends to be probably a little more in line with their values than maybe other areas of the country. So mm-hmm. they're, they're excited to move here and be a part of that movement. We have one of the highest, we have the highest number of B certified companies per capita yeah. in the world. Crazy. Um, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and people know that. So they're mm-hmm. coming here looking for companies who operate that way for employment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's really where I'm seeing it. Um, as far as the technology side, I'm a little out of the loop mm-hmm. uh, as much, mm-hmm. but that's, that's the growth that I'm seeing. Yeah. And we have the talent here on both sides. It's interesting about, so let's get to the, the certified B company thing really quick. So sure. you know, our mutual friend, uh, Luis Vargas, I think, his company, mm-hmm. Monitor Ventures, is a B company yeah. I recently saw. Is that something you're interested in pursuing? For our business? Yeah. Uh, we're still too young at this point. Yeah, okay. But yeah, absolutely. I think the B certification is something we really believe in yeah. as far as 
just a general measure, a, an easy general measure of mm. multiple areas of how a business is run. Right. And so, yeah, for sure. It's something we're considering. We're, you, we're connected with the, the B, the B Corps uh, community here in Portland as yeah, well. Yeah. There's so many great companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know like this product is a consumer side and we are talking about the employment side. Do you feel there's a, an avenue to do something on that side of the things? Yeah. We, we've identified five areas of society uh-huh. where the way businesses practice are going to be very important pieces of information. Mm-hmm. We're starting with consumers, but mm-hmm. absolutely employment, um, investment, mm-hmm. research, mm-hmm. politics, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think I mentioned them all. If not, mm-hmm. I'll get back to you. Put in your notes. But yeah, so, so multiple after, areas. Yeah, after we record, I'll tell you, uh, I can help you on the employer branding side. Oh, very so, cool. Uh, anyways, um, well, Jennifer, thanks for you know being on again. I would love once you get through the process process of kind of investing. I would love maybe have you back and if yeah. you're open to talking about that process because something I'm always really curious about. And, but where can folks find it's mytrestle.com, right? Yes, mytrestle, and that's T R E S T L E. Mm-hmm. Mytrestle.com. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much.